from the KOCI studios in Costa Mesa, California. It's time for Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford. Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford is made possible by The Creative Play and Balboa Barbecue. Bienvenidos, aloha, welcome in to 101.5 KOCI Sports Sunday. Alex Crawford, Chris Babona here with you for the first time in a long time. It's just the two of us. And by the way, Chris, I would be remiss if I didn't open up the show and say congratulations, man. You are now a high school graduate headed off down the street to OCC. Congrats. Welcome uh, welcome to the real world, bro. Yeah, I know. It's eye-opening for me. I've, I'm kind of depressed. I'm not going to lie. I just realized, like, big air in my life's over now and i'm ready to move on college in with the rest of them yeah man no i mean depression post-graduation depression welcome to the post-graduation oblivion as my friend uh, walter etc singer songwriter would say but it's uh it's a bizarre time to be entering the real world it is, it and is. uh but welcome dude it's like we're on equal playing field now now i always used to say newport harbor high school student uh newport harbor high school senior editor a sports editor for the beacon chris babona now it's just like adult chris babona yeah well i welcome. mean i gotta hit 18 first and oh then yeah you're seven I'm when's your birthday in october so we got a little bit to oh go. yeah you're young oh you're so oh, you're good dude yeah. go commit some crimes they can't try <laughs> you as an adult you got plenty of time that's great we've got a loaded show plan brooks isn't here brooks is always here on sunday since covid and uh, i know he was out on catalina Island, which you know what? I've never actually been to Catalina. Fun fact. I've been there once, and it was only for science camp sixth grade. I would love to go to Avalon. I would love to go, Brooks. So Brooks got stranded, I guess. Take us on your boat, bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brooks was out on Catalina Island with his family. Happy Father's Day, Dave Clark. Probably not listening, but he did not make it back to dry land in time. I don't know if they're out on the water, in the harbor, or wherever they are. So it's just you and me, Chris. But we do have a loaded show planned today at 315. One of my favorite sports writers, Dave Zirin, the sports editor for The Nation, writes very eloquently on the intertwining of sports and civil rights. And he has for, for decades. Uh, he's a great writer. He's going to join us at 315. We've got a lot to talk about with him, uh, including what's going on right now with sports, with the Black Lives Matter movement, civil rights protests. Uh, he's talking about the NBA trying to come back. There's so much to talk about. With I know you want to ask him about Barry Bonds. Yeah, he's a big supporter of Barry Bonds Hall of Fame ships, but I'm gonna have to counter him. When I he am comes too, on though. Air. I yeah. am too. That is my. Okay. That is a hill I will die on. Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Did you last Sunday? Did you catch the new ESPN 30 for 30 Long Gone Summer? I did not, and I'd regret it. I gotta get. To you it. gotta watch it, yeah. man. It was yeah. really good. It made me miss. I even tweeted. I said, "Remember when baseball was cool?" Oh, and no. I just, I miss, I miss people caring about baseball. Speaking of baseball, we're going to get to this in a minute. Speaking of baseball, they are screwing up. They are royally the owners. I could not imagine a greedier appearing group of people right now squabbling. I think combined baseball owners combined are worth about $50 billion. Wow. And they're squabbling over a difference with the players of about 50 million. And it just, it's not we th- yeah. this right now. There's, there's no sports on there's uh, maybe some golf. Maybe a little international soccer, which station manager Brent uh, here at KOCI let me know that uh, they are piping in crowd noise. That was his. He said he says that was his idea. They're piping in crowd noise. Uh, there's a huge opportunity right now for baseball to matter, to be relevant. The NBA's on pause as they're figuring that stuff out. NFL's obviously not here. It's not football season. People are hungry for sports. Baseball. They're squabbling over fifty million dollars between the owners and the players. And you know that goes to Manfred. I'm a big oppositional figure in Manfred's just like I don't know what the guy's doing he's not doing he's, he's not, not leading doing, yeah exactly the players association gave him the opportunity to give it give a game schedule and he 
didn't do it. He just let it sit on his desk, and, you know, it's just bad leadership. Ever since, really, the Astros cheating scandal, he's been, he's been failing. Well, that's actually, that's a perfect transition to what I want to talk about. The NBA, the opt, the NBA is entering the bubble. The NBA is entering the bubble in Orlando on Tuesday. The players that are going to Orlando, if you, if you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock or in a bubble of your own during this whole time, the NBA, 22 teams heading to Orlando, Disney World, wide world of sports, whatever, going to be quarantined there, players, team officials, coaches, refs, whatever. Everyone's going to be quarantined. They have it separated by hotel, shut down. You're, you're monitored. You're tested all the time, playing in a bubble, and they're going to resume the season at the end of July, have a couple of quote-unquote regular season games, and then begin the NBA playoffs. Now, Tuesday is when the league undergoes uh, league-wide COVID testing, and Wednesday is the opt-in or opt-out date because then players have to arrive in the bubble. There's a several-week waiting period where they open up training camp, where they're quarantined. And so we are on the verge of the NBA returning. But my question is, are we, one month out, are we actually going to see an NBA season? Because as we look at the COVID-19 cases in Orange County, Florida, not Orange County, California, in Orange County, Florida, and in the Orlando area, and in the state of Florida in general, general they are spiking they are surging florida arizona texas have very aggressive reopening plans uh looking rather foolish right now for that and cases are spiking and in the words of my friend lewis keen the nba is entering screw it let's just do it and be legends territory it's like two friends on a drunk saturday night with all the signs all of the reason all of the logic pointing against them saying screw it let's just go Cases are spiking. I don't know one month out if we're actually going to see an it's, NBA season. It's scary. I'm going to go with we do have it. I was reading the article regarding the cases in Florida, and it seems like Orange County, Florida, only about 4,500 cases been reported. And in other counties in Florida, especially southern Florida, we're about 45,000 cases. So I think that area in particular is not as bad as other in Florida. And especially if the players are quarantined for two weeks in that bubble, I think they should be fine. I know there's a lot of fear of whether they're going to opt out, but I think NBA is too far in to quit now. Well, here was, this is from ESPN from last night. This is Brian Windhorst talking about uh, the return of the NBA season in Orlando. Yeah, uh, from what I understand, Hannah, it is going to happen. Um, despite all of these challenges, despite legitimate concerns, particularly concerns about people who will be in the bubble in Orlando who are not under quarantine, it's going to happen. They're, they're on the verge of coming to an agreement that could be announced in the next 48 hours, certainly before uh, training camps reopen middle of this week. And they all admit there's concerns, but they all admit this is the best they can do. Concerns. Yes, there are a lot of concerns. The cases are spiking. And here's the big concern, Chris. And I also, I don't want to get on my soapbox right now and say don't do the season. Because I've seen sports writers and sports media people. I think there's a little bit of something we talk about a lot on this show. A little bit of virtue signaling. A little bit of like, I'm high and mighty and I do not want them to have a season. I'm a scientist. We don't know anything. We're not epidemiologists. So I don't want to get on my high horse and say don't have an NBA season. It's too risky. But I do think that there is some major risk involved and uh, when I put on my fan hat when I put on my clip I'm a Clippers fan I'm an LA Clippers fan die hard born and bred uh, always rooted for them versus the Lakers always been an underdog fan I wish the Clippers would have at some point moved to Orange County that would have been awesome they're moving to Inglewood we can talk about that another time but when I put on my fan hat I look at the Clippers having their best shot in team history at a title so of course I want to see them play but when I put on my, my science lab coat 
or, or sort of my, my logical, rational thinking hat, I'm like, man, this is, I don't know how they're going to pull this off. I just don't know how yeah. they're going to pull it off. But, you know, I feel like it's too easy to quit. There is a way we could get NBA going in a month from now, and it just takes effort, time, planning, caution, and I feel like we're almost there. They have a really good plan. They're going to quarantine the players. The players are going to commit, hopefully. I know there's some backlash right now because of what's happening in the world, but they have a plan. They're going to carry through with it. And it's just, I feel like it's very reliant on how COVID spreads in the next couple of weeks. Well, here's, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the problem with what we're seeing in Florida, Texas, and Arizona. Science. Talk about science. Science shows the masks work. Wear uh-huh. the mask. No crowded arenas. No fans in arenas. No concerts. No packed houses anywhere. Comedy shows, what have you. And wear the mask and social distance as much as you can. And we are going to get through this. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I know that, there, that locally there is a lot of butting of heads over uh, Orange County versus Gavin Newsom in terms of mask wearing. We're going to talk about that uh, at 3.30 because youth sports practices can resume in the county. And I've got some awesome audio I want to play of people speaking out at the uh, Orange County Board of Supervisors meeting talking about masks earlier this month. But I am happy to live in a state that has a strict mask policy. The science shows the masks work. So when you see a state like Florida... And you see that no one's, you know, there's not a, a mask mandate. And the, and the issue with the NBA is that, yes, the players are in the bubble. The coaches are in the bubble. Staff is in the bubble. There's no fans at the games. But the Disney employees with the very strong Disney employees union, the housekeepers, the staff, all the behind the scenes people, they're not in the bubble. They're coming and going. And that is the issue. That's kind of what has me a little wary of this whole thing. And they're not able to mandate that those employees stay in the bubble because the Disney's employees union is very strong. And they, and they, they have the right or they have the ability to, to not be in the bubble. So there will be no Disney employees in the bubble. That's the issue. Uh, but talking about let's, – let's, let's shift gears from NBA and let's go to NFL because we are – Several months out from, actually not that much, we're less than three months out from what should be the start of the NFL season. Uh And I think we're about eight weeks out from NFL training camp uh, supposed to be starting. And I think the NFL, and I stole this take from Brooks, Brooks Clark, who does the show with us. And I hope he's listening wherever he is on his boat, on his way back from Catalina, on dry land. If he's on his way to the KOCI studios here, high above 17th Street, please swing by. But the NFL has the power to make people take COVID-19 seriously. The NFL has the power to say, hey, you jabronis, you idiots out there that don't want to wear a mask. There's not going to be football in the fall if you don't take this seriously. Hey, Florida. Hey, Texas, where football is king. You need to wear a mask. You need to socially distance and figure this out or you won't have football. But the NFL and the very milk toast, very weak leadership, in my opinion, of Roger Goodell isn't stepping up. They're not saying anything. They're, they're saying, not saying something is better than saying so. The NFL, to me, has a huge opportunity here to take the reins, to step up, and have some leadership at a time when everyone's looking for leadership, whether it's at the sports level, the political level, state, federal, whatever. People are looking for leadership, and the NFL has an opportunity to yeah. take the lead, take the reins, and say, take this disease, take this pandemic seriously, or you won't have football and they've just missed the mark so far. I agree with you. I feel like we've talked about it on previous shows. Sports has so much influence in America. It's ridiculous. And if these commissioners spoke out and got the influence of the people to wear masks and be careful and threaten, like you said, threaten the season over that, I feel like it would be a way more efficient way to get people to apply and wear masks. 
Well, I want to ask Dave Zirin about that. Dave Zirin, the sports editor for The Nation, he has written about a lot of a lot of different intersections of sports and civil rights. He's written about uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos in the 1968 Olympics, uh, Black Power Fist. He's written a lot about the Olympics and the socioeconomic impacts negatively that those have in the countries where they're held. He's, he's just a great sports, civil rights, politics writer. He's going to join us here momentarily. I'm going to ask him about Roger Goodell, about NFL leadership, about the performative nature of a lot of things. The NFL has an opportunity in so many ways to actually, like you said, sports have such undue influence in this country, especially right now as people are hungry for sports. And, and from baseball, pun intended, they've dropped the ball. We've seen nothing. Yeah. Rob Manfred is, is just screwing up repeatedly. And with Roger Goodell, we're seeing some silence. We're seeing him reading a teleprompter for his Black Lives Matter message. It's like, how, let's do something, NFL. Let's mm-hmm. do something and figure this out. So I'm going to ask uh, Dave Zyron about that. We've got a lot of other stuff here rolling along uh, on Sports Sunday. It's 3.13. We'll be here till 4 o'clock on KOCI. We got uh, something, a great, a positive update for Orange County, California about sports. They're, they're starting to come back in a very real way. It's also Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there listening. I know my dad, I think he's listening while he's working out in the garage. Happy Father's Day, Dad. We're going to wrap up the show, and we'll even uh, take some calls on this as well. Favorite favorite sports memories with Dad? I'm sure, a lot I mean, of them. I've got a lot, too. I mean, yeah. I can credit my entire existence here. Well, I, can, I mean, I can credit my entire existence <laughs> on Earth to my dad. But I can also credit my entire existence of doing sports radio, of caring about sports. That's 100% from my father. Like, he, he actually would be the better host than me. He should get I don't know. I mean, he's making more money in his career than we're doing here on this, uh, this no-budget sports show we do. But I can credit that uh, to my father. So when, when, when we, uh, we'll get to that at 345. But coming up next, Dave Zirin. Going to ask him about Roger Goodell. Going to ask him whether we're going to see NBA players sit out uh, due to the, uh, the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. It's Dave Zirin, sports writer, coming up next. You're listening to Sports Sunday on 101.5 KOCI. Let's be honest, Southern California isn't known as a barbecue haven, but the folks down at Balboa Barbecue know what they're doing. From melt-in-your-mouth beef brisket to saucy ribs and absolutely delicious pulled pork, Balboa Barbecue's selection of legit, slow-smoked meats makes my mouth water just thinking about them. A home-cooked meal with all the fixins awaits you at Balboa Barbecue. Hello, this is Lonnie Voss from The Creative Play. Everyone has a box. It's under your bed or in your closet. Don't let your treasures end up on eBay or in a garage sale or the garbage. Let us turn it into a -a one-of-a-kind work of art. The Creative Play, 949-645-0720. We can answer all your questions. Live from the KOCI studios in Costa Mesa, California, it's time for Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford. Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford is made possible by The Creative Play and Balboa Barbecue. All right, welcome back into Sports Sunday. Alex Crawford, Chris Babona here with you. It's 316 in Orange County. It's probably, I think Dave Zirin is in Washington, D.C. It's 616 over there. Dave Zirin, sports editor of the nation, very prolific sports writer, host of the Edge of Sports podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Edge of Sports. Dave, thanks for making time on Father's Day to hop on the airwaves with us here in Orange County, California. Oh, no, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I want to start off, we were just talking about Roger Goodell. When we were just talking about the NFL And to me, what has been the very performative nature of pretty much everything the NFL is doing, whether it was Goodell 
clearly reading very poorly from a teleprompter during his Black Lives Matter message, whether it was him saying a team should sign Colin Kaepernick but not having any teeth with that, whether it was the money that they're donating uh, to some civil rights causes, but are there any teeth to that? I just want to know what you think the NFL could actually do, not just say, not just virtue signal, but what you'd like to see the league actually do to take a positive stand on civil rights issues, on Black Lives Matter, and on social justice. Yeah, beyond virtue signaling, beyond performative acts of racial contrition, there needs to be something with some teeth, and there's some very easy things that could be done. And uh, it would, but the, the thing about it is that it would take the will not just of Roger Goodell, but the 31 owners of NFL franchise, the 32nd being the Packers, of course, which is owned by the community. The idea would be that they're going to have to work together and, and accomplish three basic things. One, find Colin Kaepernick a job. Two, hire some black head coaches and offensive coordinators and uh, black executives in the front office. Because the, the numbers now are at like 20 to 30 year ago level. Wow. And three, push to change the name of the Washington football team. You know, something that will have probably cause them short-term pain, but it would put them on the right side of history going forward. And it would... Um, and that's not something that Roger Goodell necessarily do unilaterally. And I don't think Roger Goodell necessarily has the stroke to be able to call teams and say, sign Colin Kaepernick, nor does Roger Goodell have the stroke to say, you need to hire this upcoming, uh, you need a black assistant coach, like a Byron Leftwich or something like that, you know, or an Eric B. Enemy. Like, that's the difference between Roger Goodell and an Adam Silver, is that Adam Silver has the stroke to be able to make that happen. Roger Goodell does not. So I actually think there's very little that Roger Goodell can do beyond the performative unless he gets these franchise owners, these conspicuously silent franchise owners behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Dave, I, I, and I totally agree, right? It is up to the owners who have been silent and I don't. I don't want to have to ask you to to make a prediction, but I do. Do you think we're going to see anything out of them, or do you think that that's just like what can what can we do, or what what can we actually? Is there anything we can do to try to change these owners' mind and get them to take some action? Well, it's very tough. I mean, first of all, it's very difficult to exercise economic pressure because so much of the NFL's profit margins are already built in through public funding of stadiums and through TV broadcasts, right? I mean, it, it, it's actually, this is one of the reasons what an advantage they have over sports like baseball. They're not that dependent on the gate. They're not that dependent on people filling the seats to make their money. So they're actually much more able to weather something like COVID if they go forward and play in front of empty stadiums, which would be disastrous for Major League Baseball, but not so much for the National Football League. So... There's very little we can do on that front. I just think we keep we just need to keep raising pressure um, on social media, raise pressure, you know, inside protest movements. I mean, you hear people say in the streets of this country, when is Kaepernick going to find a job? I mean, it was even said from the dais at George Floyd's funeral. I mean, people, you know, and, and people didn't say, wait, that doesn't belong here at a funeral. People were clapping their hands because people see it as very integrated into this broader struggle. So I guess that would be my answer. Is that if we want to see these changes in the NFL, it's going to take building 
the struggle off the field, and hopefully these things will connect or ricochet off of each other. Yeah, that's great. Hey, Dave, Chris here. I just want to ask, now more than ever, we've seen sports influence politics, and you being a political sports writer, that's basically your, your career. And I just want to ask you, to what extent does sports and politics play hand-in-hand? Hand? Well, they always go hand-in-hand, hand, sports and politics. I think we need to accept that, that politics have always been a part of sports since there's been sports. You know, sometimes I ask folks, um, who is the first president to ever do a photo op with a professional sports team? And people have all kinds of guesses. They think, who is the first president? You know, a lot of people guess John Kennedy. Some people guess uh, even Ronald Reagan, like it's that recent a phenomenon, or Theodore Roosevelt. But it was actually, it was Johnson, Andrew Johnson. Wow. 1866. Not Lyndon Johnson. Andrew Johnson, and, and he, as he hosted the first professional baseball team at the White House. And that press conference by Andrew Johnson was a political move as a way to symbolize the coming together of North and South after the Civil War around this national pastime that was baseball. So, I mean, we're talking politics is just baked into the cake of sports in this country. And I think we have to just um, mature around this question and accept that fact while also simultaneously finding the space to actually enjoy the beauty and poetry and competition that makes sports so amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, gosh, Very well said. I couldn't have said it better. That's yeah. why, uh, well, that's why you do what you do. But no, we've, uh, I've personally just enjoyed, I guess, this moment or this kind of shift over the, you know, very recently. Um, but, you know, the, the stick to sports mantra seems like it's finally getting shoveled yeah. into the ground. It seems Dirt. obsolete It now. seems obsolete now, finally, in a, in a more mainstream way than even two months ago, right? And, and I, I think it's a beautiful moment. I do think it's a, it's a continuing um, struggle to get people to realize that they can't just bury their head in the sand and, and say, oh, sports are a distraction for me. What do you, what do you say to people? Because we've dealt with that here on our, on our radio show and particularly here in Orange County, California, where people say, you know, I don't, I don't, don't, uh, don't take away the beauty of the game from me. I don't want to think about those things. Sports are a distraction. Uh, I don't want to know. I don't want, there's no intertwining in my mind. What do you say to those people that, that, that do say stick to sports? I mean, I say, first of all, there's no such thing, no such, uh, no problem in wanting a distraction. The life is hard. So I don't necessarily, go to moralizing it folks who want that space for sports in their lives. But what I would say then is like, look, if you want sports a la carte, if you want sports without the politics, then you're going to actually have to engage in politics to make that a reality. If you want sports to exist independent of bigotry, independent of, uh, of pub, like toxic public welfare projects, like yes. public funding of stadiums, if you want sports to exist independently of all the isms that that, that sees itself upon our society with its talents, we gotta um, express that this is the kind of sports world that we're willing to fight for. So, if you want sports without your politics, if you want people to just stick to sports, there's a political fight that needs to happen to get from point A to point B. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the public funding of stadiums, uh, if you know, if you want to say, hey, I'm just here to watch the game, shut up and dribble, stick to sports. Well, who paid for that seat you're sitting in? Who paid for that stadium? Was it yeah. taxpayers' dollars? Was that a city council decision? Was that a state government decision? Okay, I, the, the intertwining is right there in front of you. You can't, you can't separate the two. And I would just say connect it to what we're dealing with right now. Because when people say, ask that really important question, well, what can franchise owners be doing? One of the answers has to be, well, they can now get back, give back, because they've taken a great deal over the last generation from public budgets, from city budgets. I mean, the hollowing out of our cities and the building of stadiums publicly funded are not things that happen independently of each other. And so I'm saying to franchise owners, this isn't just about your altruism. This isn't just about your desire to be um, a philanthropist. This has to be about your understanding that you're giving back because you have faith. Dave Zirin, a sports editor for The Nation, host of the Edge of Sports podcast and author of many, many very good books about sports, politics, and civil rights, joining us here on KOCI. Dave, I'm a huge baseball fan, and with that said, I have to ask you about Barry Bonds. In 2004, you wrote an article basically <laughs> oh my God. just yes. yeah, like denouncing his involvement with steroids. Obviously, in 2011, he went to court and was um, admitted to it. Just what is your rationale as to why Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, it's a very simple rationale. Barry Bonds is the only player who, as a grown man, I would show up to the ballpark an hour early to watch it batting practice. And that's why he belongs in the Hall of Fame. No, man, that's so, because, that's so real. Because he's Barry Lamar Bond. When yeah, people- I would pay to watch him swing in the, in the warm-up area just for the purposes uh-huh. of watching the way that bat flows through the air. And I did a lot. Hall of okay. Fame. Yeah, I did a lot, a lot of background research. He's the only player in the 400-400 club, only player in the 500-500 club. In his ninth season in the league, he was already 300-300. He had a 40-40 club season, and he, like in two, or 1998 was the first reported year that he may have taken steroids. And even by then, he was already in the 300-300 club, 40-40 club season. That's already Hall of Fame stats. I feel like, but there's also the argument of the presidents that the NL, uh, the M, the MLB has had where no steroid users have been in the Hall of Fame. And for me, I feel like once we let Barry Bonds in, then that opens the gate to the Mark McGuire's, the Sammy Sosa's, the Manny Ramirez's. I just feel like the presidents has been set and there needs to be continuity with who gets in the Hall of Fame and who doesn't. You're absolutely right about that. Um, I wish that uh, the voters could just say, okay, Barry Bonds in a uniquely special category as one of the three greatest players in the history of this game called baseball. Unquestionably a top three player ever. Yeah. And you could argue, and there's, there's a number, if we weren't talking anabolic, there would be a number one case to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, given Babe Ruth playing against segregated competition, given Barry Bonds playing global talent as opposed to a Willie Mays. That's my top three, by the way. And, and so that raises this question then of can the voters be uh, grown up enough to say, okay, Mark McGuire, not a Hall of Famer. Sammy Sosa, not a Hall of Famer. Sorry, Manny, just too sketchy. 
but you, Barry Bonds, take your seat in Cooperstown. I think it's worth mentioning here, too, Dave, that Chris here, who's asking the questions, is 17 years old. So he didn't really live. And a Dodger the, fan. And your, but you didn't live through the, like, I'm I'm 29, and I know, Dave, you're a bit older, but, like, we saw Barry Bonds, and I just, for me, it is it is the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Virtue. It's not the Hall of Goodness. It's the Hall of Fame. So as Dave's here telling us, I'd show up to the ballpark an hour early to watch him swing. And I just remember being, as a kid, being like, oh, yeah, that's the best baseball player ever. He's larger than life. I just, I just think he belongs. I'm with, I'm with you, Dave. I, I'm, I'm. This is a hill I will die on. I am pro Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. I'm now blown away that the, the article you're citing is almost as old as you are. <laughs> it's crazy to that's think. That's crazy to me. You just cited. You're 17. You cited a 16 year old article. Yep, that's My true. Goodness. I know. It just in this day and age, you could find anything anyone said ever. So <laughs> I had to yeah. do it. I wish I'd known that for some other columns in 2000. My prediction that the Sacramento Kings were going to win the NBA title led by Ron Artest, uh, that didn't go so well. (laughs) Okay, actually, this is a great transition, Dave, shifting gears to the NBA. And I said earlier I didn't want to ask you to make uh, predictions, but I'm going to ask you to make one here. Do you think we're going to see the NBA playoffs one month out about? Do you think they're going to be able to to make it happen and and remain, quote-unquote, within the bubble? All right. Now, the big plus that the NBA has over Major League Baseball is that uh, Michelle Roberts, the Union, and Adam Silver, they are a thousand percent seeing this the same way. They want to get the players on the court, and that's actually very different from the dynamic of Major League Baseball. But the, the wild card in the NBA, as I'm sure you know, and I'm sure your listeners know, are the growing number of players. Today, Lou Williams yes. added his name to this chorus, saying, well, if by playing, are we providing a distraction from the movement and the struggle, and that's where the focus should be right now. And we don't want to be seen as taking that focus away. That argument could win the day. I mean, it's, it, things right now are, on, are such a tinderbox in this country that this could be the sort of thing where it looks like it's going to happen, and then a week before it happens, the police are caught on tape committing an act of horrific violence, the streets explode again, and NBA players are just going to say, no, 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 I'm not playing. Not right now. I mean, that's how much on a nice edge things are right now. So it's possible to predict, like, will, in fact, uh, there be an NBA season, or will the argument that, you know, that this is actually bad for the movement take take precedence? And, of course, underlying all of this, of course, is the question of covid and Florida, which is now such a disaster that New York State is talking about denying people from Florida entry into New York, wow. which is sort of a turnabout affair <laughs> before, but that's how much things are spiking in Florida. And so this idea of players not wanting to go there either is another wild card. Can Florida get their uh, COVID under control? I think odds are no, because they're horrifically mismanaged. So so that's, that's where we are. And so it's just impossible to predict but if i had to bet money i would say no there's not going to be a season wow yeah no it's it's i think you made a great point asking us to predict or talk about things one month from now in this current era that we're living in where things are so day-to-day and volatile is uh 
is a bit of a fool's errand. And I want to end on on this, Dave, because we talk about this a lot on the show, and we opened up with this virtue signaling versus action. We're talking about, I know I saw, as you mentioned, Lou Williams. He said he's 50-50, doesn't want to distract. He doesn't want people to sit at home with a beer in their hand watching the game instead of being in the streets, instead of fighting for social justice. So when we see players saying that they might sit out or they might not play in the, in the playoffs to, to fight for uh, justice and, and to march for Black Lives Matter, what actual like actions could we see those players take or what kind of things do you think uh, players like a, like a Kyrie Irving or a Lou Williams, if he doesn't play are actually going to do with this time uh, to, to march forward and to move this movement forward? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's going to depend so much on the individual player. I mean, we had Bradley Beal and John Wall leading a march in DC on Friday uh, you know, the, and they did it with uh, the entire, uh, almost the entire Wizards and Mystics teams. Um, and so, so you've got some players who might, like, involve themselves in really direct grassroots action. I have no idea what Irie Irving or Dwight Howard, how they would spend their time. But I think one of the things that they're trying to argue is that it doesn't even really matter what they do. Like, it's, it's the street that's talking right now, and it's the street that we need to be listening to and players aren't going to leave the street. Players, are, if anything, are going to follow at this time. And to play basketball at this moment takes attention away from the, the street, from the struggle, right when they're putting forward the, the very concrete measures that we need to see in this country for change. So it's less a dynamic of what the players are going to do and more a dynamic of do we really want to take focus away from where the focus needs to be. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Dave Zirin, find him on Twitter at Edge of Sports. He is the sports editor for the nation. Everything he writes is good and you should read it. Dave, thanks for making some time on your Sunday, on your Father's Day from Washington, D.C. to call in here on 101.5 KOCI. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Good break from the kids. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, man. Happy Father's Day. And let's chat. The, let's have you on here chat it up again sometime. Sounds good. Awesome. Dave Zirin, follow him on uh Twitter at Edge of Sports. We'll get that podcast posted for you later tonight. I love he's just so eloquent. I yeah, love just he just very well spoken. I have these thoughts in my head and words swirling around. If you can visualize like that uh like that scene in the hangover where, you know, Alan's <laughs> got all the numbers. That's like me with words while I do the radio show, and then Dave just kinda eloquently spits it out. So I loved having him on. He was actually kind enough to come on a podcast I did back in twenty fourteen when I was first starting out in radio in Portland. Yeah, he came on and I had no idea what I was was doing and uh i love his perspective and i appreciate him he is a father taking time on father's day to chat with us so um let's let's react to what he said he said some things i want to talk about also i'd love to chop it up talk barry bonds with you also i got some shout outs to get to i know people are listening across the nation here on father's day including my dad is riding the this is classic kent crawford riding the exercise bike in the garage sweat dripping pulling on our concrete floor and i know he's tuned into 101.5 KOCI. so open up the phone lines as well if you want to call in 949-650-1015-949-650-1015 coming up next some good news for orange county in the sports realm is it good enough we'll tell you you're listening to sports sunday on 101.5 koci The Creative Play has been located on 17th Street in Costa Mesa for 29 years, and trust me when I say it's a sports heaven behind the wall. From incredible sports memorabilia to affordable framing, they'll make your walls look like the Hall of Fame at The Creative Play. More at thecreativeplay.com. 
Safely getting back to work means giving your employees and customers the confidence to safely enter your place of business. ServPro's COVID-19 task force can help. Our certified ServPro Cleaned program only uses EPA-approved hospital-grade disinfectants that meet CDC standards, which reduces the spread of viral pathogens. Each project receives a ServPro shield to proudly display in your window. Certified ServPro Cleaned, a higher standard of clean. 800-700-ServPro, 800-700-7378. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford on 101.5 KOCI. All right, welcome back into Sports Sunday. I don't know where the music went, but uh, we are here. Okay, so uh, that was Dave Zirin. We'll get that podcast posted. Uh, You can follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Search Sports Sunday because there are other imposters out there. There are other Sports Sundays, and you want to follow Sports Sunday, uh, Alex Crawford. You want to search that, and then you can follow us and download our podcast. So, uh, Chris, I know we talked about – I love what Dave had to say um, about the NFL. What are the three tangible things that we can see the NFL do uh, outside of just Roger Goodell recording a poorly read teleprompter message saying Black Lives Matter? What are some things we could actually see them do? Uh, Find Colin Cap a job, hire more black coaches and execs, and change the name of the Washington, D.C. football team. I love that. But you know what? I, I know you want to talk about this, Chris. Barry Bonds, Hall of Fame. You So you don't think he should be in? No. And I know this has people listening are like, what? This is an age-old debate. This has nothing to do with Southern California sports, although Barry Bonds did play in Angel Stadium in 2002 when the Angels beat the Giants in a seven-game World Series there. So he is somewhat relevant. But uh, So you you think no, no Bonds, Hall of Fame? No. And it's just because of what I said with on the interview. Once you let Bonds in, that opens the floodgates to every other Hall of Fame-worthy steroid user to ever play. And for me, is it worth it? Is it worth having Bonds in, who honestly is the greatest player yet cheater in baseball history? He's a statistical anomaly. No one else did what he did. Like only 400, 400 club player, 400 home runs, 400 stolen bases, and only 500, 500 club. Exactly. He, he was amazing. And the gold gloves, the silver sluggers, he did everything. And like I said, if he retired before he allegedly started using steroids, he would be in the Hall of Fame. But what I think is why jeopardize that with steroids? Uh, because he wanted, because he saw what happened with McGuire and Sosa, and the spotlight shifted from him, and he knew how good he was. He was already the best, and then he wanted to become the best again. And I just think that something that you're leaving out of your argument, or often that gets overlooked, is these guys that were hitting. 500 home runs, you know, 700 whatever home runs in their career are hitting those in that era oftentimes off of pitchers who are juicing. The pitchers were juicing too. I mean, just locally, think about the great arm of Eric Gagne and his closing Uh streaks record. I mean, that guy was so off the juice. Yeah, and Roger Clemens too. Yeah, Roger Clemens. I mean, some of the great pitchers. So it's like, I'm not saying that that evens the playing field and you can, uh, you know, talk about Bonds having an asterisk next to his name or not, but for me, the, the pitchers are juicing too. The hitters are juicing. There's always been that kind. You know what? Do you want to go back and dive into the the 60s and the 50s and the players popping greenies, popping amphetamines? And as Dave Zirin said, this is some. I'm so glad he brought this up. Babe Ruth didn't play against black players. 
they were segregated into the Negro Leagues. So Babe Ruth wasn't even playing the top competition. So if you want to dive into things, you can put an asterisk next to so many different things. And I think, like we talk about on this show all the time, virtue signaling, Mm -hmm. baseball riders have to be the biggest bunch in terms of sports media, the biggest bunch of virtue signalers out there saying, thinking that they're doing some good deed, thinking that they're, I guess, being some kind of a moral compass by keeping Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame. They're not. It's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Goodness, and it's not the Hall of Perfection. So I will die on this hill. Barry Bonds, Barry Lamar Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm cool with putting McGuire and Sosa in there, too. That was one of the best moments in baseball history. Put them in. All right. A cheater is a cheater. They cheated the system. Pete Rose did not cheat. He broke the baseball's rules. Oh, but he Pete not Rose cheat. not being in is just Pete blasphemy. Rose needs to be in the Hall of Fame before anyone else could be considered. Sure. That is, we get, at least real baseball fans will agree on that. Yes, I agree with that. Like, leads the hits record by hundreds of hits and did not cheat, did not juice. And like you said, steroid versus steroid, the one counter I have for that is there are people on the Hall of Fame ballot who are not from that area that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and Bonds being in would compromise that because now you're voting in more players that took steroids, and it's canceling out people who are not from that era. The thing is that if you saw Barry Bonds play, and if you look at his stats, and if you live through that era, they're ungodly. Then you know he deserves to be in, so this like kind of revisionist history of baseball writers now waving their, wagging their finger and like, no, 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 Barry, you don't get to go in. To me, it's just BS. It's just such virtue signaling. Let the guy in the Hall of Fame. (sighs) <sighs> okay, I, I, uh, I, we, we can, we'll come back to this, I'm sure, many times, Chris, and I'm glad you brought that up with Dave. Also, speaking of, you said real baseball fans, we got to give a shout-out. We got some listeners. We got our, our guy, Chris Gowdy, P1 of the show, listens every damn Sunday. I think he's chilling poolside up in Napa right now. Uh, he lives a pretty good life up there, drinking craft brew, smoking a stogie, and listening to 101.5 KOCI. So I know that our, our, our signal is blasting here, high above 17th Street in Costa Mesa, blasting up to Napa, California. And COVID correspondent, sometimes co-host Brooks Clark, texted in. He's tuned. I don't know if he's out on the road, in the boat, or wherever he's at, but I know he's tuned in. Gowdy's tuned in. I know our guy Wardo over in CDM on the other side of the bay is tuned in. So, quick moment here uh, of appreciation to all our listeners, mm-hmm. wherever they are. We're sitting high above 17th Street on this beautiful uh, June 21st, 3.42 p.m. in Orange County, but big shout-out and big love to all of you listening on uh, all four corners of the globe, whether listening terrestrially on 101.5 KOCI-FM or digitally on KOCIRadio.com. Uh, we got nothing but love for the listeners and the phone lines are open 949-650-1015 949-650-1015 let's talk about something in orange county sports related that is positive the orange county board of supervisors earlier this week on june 15th so about a week ago announced youth sports practices reopening in orange county socially distant maybe some masks involved but youth sports practices are reopening in orange county i saw huntington beach t-ball and little league starting to practice i saw some uh, uh other local leagues starting at huntington valley little league starting to practice the only issue is they don't know when the games are going to be played yeah. but it is a step in the right direction yeah you still have to see like i was in nhba newport harbor baseball association like all my childhood and you just love to see the kids out in mariners park playing and that they deserve that. I mean, it's tough for little kids like that to not be able to play baseball, and I'm glad that we figure something out to where we could socially distant and practice at the same time, but hopefully those games come along. Uh, I would re- be remiss if I talked about Orange County, um, 
I guess, lifting a restriction or if I talked about youth sports coming back in Orange County, I would be remiss if I mentioned that. And I didn't play this audio from the Orange County Board of Supervisors meeting earlier this month in which many, quote unquote, concerned parents. I'll use that term loosely because it seemed very um, just ridiculous. But you had parents coming in and uh, advocating for a no-mask policy. The county then enacted uh, that, no, I shouldn't say a no-mask policy, but they did not uh, put a, you have to wear a mask pol- a mask policy. The county said, it's whatever. You wear a mask, don't wear a mask, we don't care. Uh, and a couple days later, earlier this week, Gavin Newsom, our governor, said, no, y'all gotta wear masks. But this from the Orange County Board of Supervisors meeting earlier this month in the meeting about whether masks should be worn. As youth sports come back in Orange County, keep in mind, many parents sound like this. Making our children wear masks is contrary to the medical experts and is fundamentally wrong. They need to be exposed to bacteria in the air, playing on jungle gyms. Kids need sunlight, exercise, interaction, youth sports, and prayer without masks. If you deny them that, in 20 years you're going to have a population of immunosuppressed antisocial adults who can only interact via Zoom and FaceTime and need gloves to shake your hand. I have been dis- that was real audio from the June 9th Orange County Board of Supervisors meeting. That was a parent saying she is worried about this generation of youth not being able to play sports, growing up immunocompromised, socially awkward, and socially uh, disabled, I guess, because of the masks. I'll tell you what, hearing the audio from her, and let's Let's hear from some of her cohorts. There's some good ones coming Let's hear up. from some of her cohorts here, too, at this Orange County Board of Supervisors meeting. Y'all are sitting there breathing freely, building your immune systems without masks. How disgusting. How shameful. How criminal. How corrupt. This is a, this is a hoax. It's a fraud. There's nobody dying in excess of any other year. There's in the about 100,000 people that might that? disagree Stop with you. Stop listening to yeah. absolute charlatan doctors like this Dr. Chow, who I wouldn't go Your time is up. Night. Thank you. Next speaker, please. You're telling me that I have to breathe in CO2 when God gave this body the ability to extract that from my body and now you want me to put it back in my body. I have natural rights as a sovereign citizen of the United Thank you. States. Your time is up. You are kneeling on the necks of the people and you are continuing to act in a thuggish manner. I'll tell you what. Kind of ironic there? Or? I tell you what. Yeah. If any Orange County parents are listening to this and we're at that meeting or have those feelings about their kids not having to wear masks, or feeling like their children's childhood is being compromised or changed or ruined because of the mask policy, if you're listening, you need to take a hard look in the mirror and realize that your kid is going to grow up screwed up, not because of the mask, but because of you. The parents that are saying that thing and raising their kids in this county are the ones that are screwing up their children's future. And this ties into exactly what we were talking about in the opening segment where we need leadership right now to step up. If we want to see sports come back, we need leadership, whether it's the NFL, to step up and say, hey, guys, COVID-19 is real. And if you want to see football in the fall, you got to do just a couple simple things. Don't go to big, crowded indoor spaces and wear the damn masks. And if you see parents here saying that they want to see little Johnny play t-ball again and he's going to grow up a weirdo and he's going to be pale and socially awkward and a nerd and whatever because he had to wear a mask. Listen, if you don't just follow a few simple guidelines and the actual science, then little Johnny's not going to play t-ball this year. He's not going to play t-ball next year. 
and and he might never play t-ball because you might die from covid because people aren't wearing the mask so i just it's just this oc entitlement and the, and i'm tying that the reason i play that audio is because earlier this week the orange county board of supervisors said youth sports practices can resume we don't know when games are coming back we are under the impression chris as we've had conversations yeah. with newport harbor principal sean bolton we are under the impression that in one way shape or form we will see high school sports this fall the stands might be empty. The stands might be socially distant, but we will see high school sports. But the reality is, the fact of the matter is, this is only going to get delayed and going to get worse yeah. if people don't just follow a few simple guidelines. We're almost there. And the problem is why we're getting these quote-unquote Karens, the people kind of going overboard, is you're making it political, and it's not political. It's not political. It's not political. Just it's a disease that's out there. A ma- maybe there's bad masks that keep CO2 in. I don't know, but I know the majority of masks are good. Uh, the, I, yeah, the science points to the mask working. And it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. And if these kids are going to be screwed up weirdos, it's going to be because of their parents, and it's not going to be because of the mask. Mm-hmm. All right, it's Father's Day. Speaking of parents, speaking of screwed up parents, I think our parents are chill. Well, yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, my, my, my parents we're weren't covered. at that meeting. My parents yeah. weren't at that meeting. But I want to talk best Father's Day, or not father, but best sports memory with your father. When we, okay. I, I got, I know you've Teasing got it. some. I've got some. Okay. You've got some. If you want to call in 949-650-1015, best sports memory with your dad. We will get to that on Sports Sunday. It is 348 in Orange County, and you're listening to Sports Sunday at 1015 KOCI. Slow smoked beef brisket, baby back ribs, and juicy half pound burgers. Balboa Barbecue, located in the Balboa Fun Zone, makes the best barbecue in town. Open daily from 11 to 8, you could eat there or take it home. And there's more at balboabarbecue.com. You've driven thousands of times by that gray brick wall on the corner of 17th Street and Fullerton Avenue in Costa Mesa. But have you ever thought to see what's behind that wall? If you do, you will think you've hit a grand slam. It's the creative play, a sports heaven that can fill all your memorabilia and framing needs. You name it, we frame it. Camara Crampton Family Law has decades of experience and provides strong representation by top-notch litigators known for their courtroom skills. In a divorce, you need to be empowered when your highest priorities are at risk, your family, your children, home, and finances. The best divorce lawyers are at Camara Crampton Family Law, 949-234-8280. Don't let your world crumble around you. Having the right attorneys makes a difference. Appointments online at divorce.legal, not .com, not .net. It's divorce.legal. Listening to Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford on 101.5 KOCI. Welcome back to Sports Sunday, 3:50 on your Sunday. 949-650-1015. 949-650-1015 is the number. We're talking favorite sports memories with your dad, and I will just open things up by saying, first of all, I know my dad's listening. He listens every Sunday, so that's cool. And second of all, I would say that my sports interest, fandom, um, the fact that I'm sitting here in this chair doing this show is 100. 110%, 1,000% credited uh, to my dad. So happy Father's Day, Dad. Thank you for listening, and thank you for uh, being, uh, I, you know, words can't really describe the positive influence in my life. So thank you. Chris, why don't you open things up with your favorite uh, Father's Day, or father, not Father's Day's favorite sports memory with your father? Sports memory, not a single one, but more of a collective one. For 12 years, I played baseball, organized baseball, 
every day he would come to the game, watch the whole game. Every season where I didn't get a hit the whole season in NHBA, all the way up to high school where I didn't start freshman, sophomore year, but then finally rewarded. Later in my high school career, I started to play more games, start. We had a lot of fun. He was always there supporting me. So just thank you for all that time he spent sitting in the bleachers, watching me struggle at <laughs> times, you know. But it was fun. My baseball times were really the highlight of my life, and I was glad that my dad could be there. That's awesome. That's I mean, You know, it's like as I get older, well, Chris, you're pretty young. You're 17. As I get older, I'm, I'm not a father. I don't really feel that close to becoming a father. It is a very big task. It is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so big shout-out to all the dads out there, the daddies, the fathers, the papas, the mamas and the papas, not the mamas today, just the papas. Uh, shout out to all of you guys, and uh, thank you for all that you do. 949-650-1015 is the number if you want to call in. Uh, yeah, same for me. It's just too many to list, um, but I would say I would say that my dad, my favorite sports memory with my dad, oh, there's so many. There's so many good ones. One in particular, I'm going to bring this up because I know these guys are listening, but my dad is oh my dad's just always down to go with to to go to go to the game. He's down to yeah. like hit up the game. I've gone to some great Clippers playoff games with my dad and friends, but in particular, one summer, 2015, myself, my dad, my two buddies, Gowdy and Wardo, uh, we went out to Boston. We hit up Fenway Fenway Park and hit some Red Sox games wow. and just an drank experience. beer in the summer in Boston Fenway Park, and that is I mean I'll always cherish those memories. Hey, you are live on 101.5 KOCI. Who do we have here on air? This is uh, your father. Oh, this is uh, this is Kent Crawford? This is the Kent Crawford. Hey, what's up, Dad? Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Alex. You're, well, well you wouldn't say that. I don't think I'm, you should say that to me. I'm not a father yet that you know of. <laughs> okay. You're talking right now. Am I on the air? Yeah, you're on, you're on the air, yeah. Okay. Well, can I tell my favorite sports moment with you? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. 2007 College World Series, Omaha, Nebraska, Oregon State Beavers, North Carolina Tar Heels. The, we were at the beer garden. It's about 100 degrees humidity and 95 degrees out. Everybody's tailgating. You're underage, <clears throat> to be completely candid. <laughs> I snuck, snuck you your first beer. And, we, uh, and you had a little bit of beer. And then a few minutes later... The, uh, the somebody related to the Omaha Police Department right before the start of the game and we're getting ready to walk in and Oregon State will clinch the national championship that year, grabs you and escorts you out. <laughs> I had to make a tough decision. So I go follow him to jail and pull him out or I go, go to the national championship game. Fortunately, I talked him into letting you go and we both got to walk the game. My favorite sports moment. Oh, that was, yeah, I remember that very clearly, although I must confess, I was 16 at the time, I must confess, that was actually my second beer. That was the second. Okay. I wish okay. that you could have had the honor, but I just, for the, uh, the truth was, that I think I had had my first beer a couple days before. I was like, oh, this beer stuff's pretty good. You snuck me, that was back in the day, like, I could have one beer and be like, whoa, uh, you stuck me my one. But he speared you. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, your friends from Oregon State were feeding me secret beer and then, yeah, out of nowhere, an undercover plainclothes police officer grabbed me, said, get the hell out of here. Oh and I was God. like, oh, my God, we're out here in Nebraska, and I'm not going to get to go to this game. I'm going to ruin this for my dad. Uh, and, uh, and then we got to go see the Beavs win the national championship. So I'd say that's a, that's a pretty awesome sports memory. That was a great time. That was a great time. But it was, it was a tough call. Like, 
do I bail you out of prison and miss the game, or do I go into the game? And how am I going to explain? Do I start winning the game to your mother? So you know, I think was, it's great that we never have to know the answer to that question. Yes, it is. It's uh, <laughs> probably saved my marriage. <laughs> oh, thanks for the call, Dad. Appreciate it. I was, I mean, I was being serious when I said. The only, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this sports radio show or even give two rips about sports if it wasn't for you. So thanks. Well, Dan, glad to hear. I've, uh, I've had a blast with you and your brother and sister and sports memories. And you're awfully good at what you did and what you do. And uh, Chris, you're doing a great job too. And that was a great interview you guys just had. Uh, Thank with, you. Uh, the writer from the from the athletic. So anyway, finish the show and uh, always great to hear you guys. Keep okay. Great work. Love you. Thanks, Bye. Dad. Love you too. All right, that That's was awesome. A great, you should clip that. That's a beautiful moment. I will. That was uh, that was not planned. Um, although he, I, it wasn't planned, but I, I had a feeling my dad was going to call in because he's been texting me during the show. Uh, but yeah, that's a true story. That happened when I was 16 in Omaha. Uh, we did get to see the Beavers clinch the national title game. And uh, yeah, before that, I was talking about going back to Fenway Park with my dad and friends, and that's been fun. I've been uh, the, I think the best sporting event I ever went to was 2015. Uh, NBA playoffs, Game 7, uh, Western Conference playoffs, Spurs versus the Clippers. Chris Paul, game winner with one second left Ooh. to propel the Clippers to the second round and what looked to be apparently going to be their first trip to the Western Conference Finals. Of course, they fell apart against the Houston Rockets. But that Game 7 in Staples Center, my dad, my little brother, and my buddy Gowdy, I just I get goosebumps thinking about how fun of a game. I mean, that was just, yeah, just that moment. You really can't beat it. Like, when you yeah. go to these live sports moments, what's the best live sporting event you've been to, Chris? I actually want to put a twist on this question because I'm going to ask myself, what's the best sports game I could have went to? My mom got herself and I tickets to Game 5 of the World um, 2018 World Series, um, Red Sox at Dodger Stadium. Okay. They're down 3-1. Was that the really long game? No. Oh, okay. That was the, it was the game that the Red Sox won the World Series. This is how much of a do- big of a Dodger fan I am. They were down 3-1. I ch- I said, Steven, my brother, you could go to the game because I cannot bear to watch the Red Sox clinch the World Series. That's fair. On, on my home stadium. So I did not go to Game 5 of the World Series because I just couldn't take it to see the Dodgers lose the second World Series in a row to the Red Sox. I couldn't do it. I stayed home. I didn't even watch the game because I knew it was Kershaw started that game. Steve Pierce lit him up. One MV, um, World Series MVP. I just couldn't watch it. I could have went to the World Series. Well, there'll be more. They'll be you're young. Yeah, and the Dodgers are looking very prosperous. I think the 20s is their decade. And we could get a damn baseball season. Yeah, yeah. 949-650-1015 is the number. If you want to call in, share your favorite sports memory with your dad, my dad. Bringing up, yeah, the time that uh, he snuck me a beer. His friends actually snuck me a couple more. And then an undercover cop uh, kicked me out of the beer garden in Omaha. Almost missed Oregon State winning their second uh, back-to-back College World Series in 2007. But my personal favorite sports memory with my dad is just all of the... I'm, so I'm a huge Oregon State football fan. I'm wearing yeah. my shirt today. I've had this shirt since like fifth grade. I'm shocked it still fits me. I was fatter back then. Uh, but I'm just a huge Oregon State football fan. I went to Oregon State... And, uh, and for me, it's just all, it's, it started when I was in elementary school, fifth or sixth grade, my dad taking me up and us going to games with my grandpa in Corvallis and that kind of tradition. I mean, that's a beautiful thing about sports is the tradition is the fam. I, 
Oregon State football has not always been great. In fact, they've been mediocre or bad more than they've been great, but it's the memories shared with my dad and my grandpa and that tradition and the tailgates and the trips and the food and all of that. That is the beautiful thing about sports to me, oftentimes more than the product on the field. Now, it'd be nice if it was the product on the field. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. But it's that tradition. And so starting in, like, late elementary school, going to games up in Oregon, and then going up through my dad coming to games when I was in college there, and now going up about one game a year, we make it up to Oregon State. So all of those memories, to me, are my favorite uh, father-son sports thing. And it's uh, father-son sports memories. And that's just... Yeah, that's just the beautiful thing about sports, man. It's just uh, because, you know, I'm thanking my dad on air for getting me into sports and uh, making me care about sports. But, like, really, I'm not a junkie. I'm not a box score junkie. I don't – it's fine with me that sports aren't on. There are more important things happening in the world right now. But but I do appreciate – and this is, I guess, just my dad being a good father – the perspective – that I have and the ability that sports provide to talk about politics, to talk about civil rights, to talk about so many other things and and to just be a platform for us to tell funny stories on air and and entertain and inform people. So I'm very appreciative of this platform and of my dad for always supporting me and always pushing me in this direction. Um, And, you know, I thanked him for getting me into sports, but really there's about a million other things I should thank him for before that. Uh, but, uh, But yeah, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there listening uh, whether they're new father or their grandfather or whatever, uh, it's a uh, it's a Father's Day, baby. It's a good day to be a dad. Happy Father's Day. Is your dad? Does your dad tune in? He does. They, they might be at a family gathering right now or driving home from it. I don't know. It's but tough. He usually does listen. It's tough. Yeah, we had uh, he postponed once again the ever elusive. Newport Harbor High School strength and conditioning coach Eddie Steele going to join us next week on the show uh, because he had Father's Day plans. We're going to have him on next week, and maybe we'll have Brooks back in studio. Are you going to be here next week, Chris? I will not. Gosh. Wait, can, I, gonna... can I add one more thing to the show? I'm sorry that no, we're no. closing up, but... No, add it, dude. I got a text. I totally forgot this. Very good memory. 50th, 50th anniversary of Dodger Stadium. Opening day. Left field bleachers. I go with my dad. It's the greatest environment I've ever been oh, in. Oh, I bet. Opening day. Dodgers beat the Pirates 3-1. to one. I remember it like yesterday. Dude, that's great. That's awesome. What I would give, I would do heinous crimes to be drinking an overpriced beer at Dodger Stadium right now. Or a Dodger, or the snap dog. of a Dodger dog. $7 Farmer, Dodger dog. Farmer John, where you at? Yeah, uh, yeah well, we got, uh, Chris, where are you going to be next week? Palm Springs with friends. And hey. we're just going to kick back, relax, that sounds fun. and well, enjoy summer. Well, hopefully Brooks is around or I'll be doing the show by myself. <laughs> but I think Coach Eddie Steele's going to come in next week. I'm sorry you're not going to be here. I feel bad, but... We'll make it. Maybe we'll, we'll figure it. We'll get him back in again. Maybe I'll call in. I'll yeah, surprise you. You should call in. That was great to have my dad call in. That was not planned for all the listeners who were there. That was not a planned segment. Also, Dave Zirin joining us, uh, sports writer, sports editor for the nation, a very eloquent guy who just really understands the inseparability of sports, politics, and civil rights. The concept of sticking to sports, of shutting up and dribbling is just, it's not real. It's an imaginary yeah. thing because even... The stadiums where we go to enjoy these games were often paid for by taxpayers' dollars and often were not uh, the best use of public funds. And uh, there's just so much that we could get into with sports and politics. And Dave Zyron said it so much more eloquently than we could have. So that podcast will be up on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you to all our listeners. Uh, Thank you to KOCI. It's just uh, it's another great Sunday here on the airwaves, Chris. Yeah, as always. I mean, we've been rolling. What is this, 17 or 16 episodes? Something like that. 
getting up there, and it's been great to have you and Brooks, too. It's just been a great experience for me. No, that's great, man. Hey, once again, uh, we started the show with it. Well, congratulations on being a high school graduate. Thank you. Well, Thank uh, you. welcome. Well, you're not an adult yet, so live it up. Live it up. Uh, we'll be back next week. Most likely Newport Harbor strength and conditioning coach Eddie Steele going to join us in studio. And we'll keep things rolling all summer long. Catch us every Sunday, 3 o'clock here on KOCI. And we're looking to get some sponsors. So if you uh, go ahead, shoot me an email uh, or find me on Twitter, actually, dr underscore Croft, Dr. Croft on Twitter. We're looking to get some more sponsors because we want to bump up that extra hour. Mm-hmm. It's 4 o'clock. We could be rolling into hour number two right now. we got to wrap up the show. So we're looking for sponsors. Looking to bump up an extra hour. Get your name here on the airwaves with us. We have a lot of fun. Chris, I won't see you next week, but I'll see you soon, man. Welcome to uh, life post-high school. Welcome to post-graduation oblivion. Thank you. I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Life is coming at me fast. (laughs) All right. Well, for Chris Babona, for Dave Zirin, for my dad, for all our listeners, this is Alex Crawford saying from Napa to Corona Del Mar, from Washington, D.C. to Orange County, you've been listening to Sports Sunday on 101.5 KOCI. You're listening to 101.5 KOCI LPFM, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, serving all of Orange County.